Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that investigates how to create genuine connection with your community. I'm Amelia Veal and through this series of interviews with top communicators, I will share their secrets to great communication. Today I'm chatting with Max Mason, owner of the Henry Austin Restaurant and Bar. Max has built his communication skills across a broad range of experiences, from a maritime archaeologist making charts of the Antarctic, festival organiser and now restaurateur. Max spends time thinking about his communication strategy and aims to make intelligent moves when interacting with his community, approaching it like a game of chess with an awareness and respect. This is Max's version of Be The Drop. So, well, thank you very much for joining me, Max. And here we are in the beautiful Henry Austin in the centre of Adelaide CBD. Great pleasure. Thanks. So what I want to talk to you is a few questions around Be The Drop, Mm -hmm. and that's about communication that connects. So I'm really interested to find out about you and how you're building your connections within your community. And we're going to start by sharing an item of significance that's important to you and, and you can explain to me how that connects to you with your community. My item of significance, Amelia, is a chess set. I think it's integral to how I approach almost all engagement, almost all community and almost all business structure. There's no point in planning your next four moves if you don't think of how your community, your opponents, your your family, I suppose the people around you, are going to react to the moves you make and how it affects them. So for me, thinking of a chess set when you're doing anything at all is really important in just deducing how that fits in with the community around you. Fantastic. So it's really about being aware and cognizant of the impacts and ramifications of each move. It is indeed. And working out how everyone else's moves will strengthen you or will weaken you or will detract from what you're trying to do. So yeah, chess fascinates me. And I've, especially being in a restaurant on Chester Street, it's a nice link that is a subliminal but quite intelligent connection with the game. Yeah, and more so working out the relative strengths and movements of other people that help enforce that community and develop whatever it is you're trying to achieve in a personal or a business dynamic. Fantastic. I I really like that analogy. So, okay, we've talked a bit about how you're connecting and and your thoughts around your connections with your community. Can you just explain to me a little bit about who, who is that community? Who are they? Yeah, I can do. This premises was an empty premises for six years. Prior to that, it was one of the city's busiest restaurants for 40 years. And in that intervening period, the community in the middle of town kind of fell a bit dead. I hate to say it. The East End and the West End of Adelaide are vibrant, and there isn't anything of any import in the middle of the city. So my community is something that myself and a couple of fellow traders in Renew Adelaide and the City Council are developing under the arm of Midtown. And Midtown will then hopefully be a separate precinct of Adelaide where we can create a community, we can all work together to offer something a little bit different and can start to bring a beating heart back to the middle of Adelaide. Oh, I like that, bringing back a beating heart. In fact, that should be our our catch line. (laughs) 
Oh, good, you can use that. I'll, I can say, oh, I was there when he came up with that beauty. <laughs> okay, so, we, you know, we've, we've talked about this community. So what is it that's uniting it? And you've, you've touched a little bit on this, you know, these passion, passionate people within an area that looking to bring back the beating heart. But what is it that you'd say that would unite them and how are you a part of that? How are you bringing that together? I think the interesting thing about what Midtown is for me, and we've not really yet launched it to the public, but it's that there are a number of very number of very interested and interesting people who have started up businesses right in the middle of town. A number of people that are doing very well, getting all sorts of awards. So trying to bring what they can bring to bear into Adelaide and offer something slightly different. There's no point doing something if you're just copying what the East and West End are doing. So to try and build Adelaide in an intelligent way and use those people and use their strengths to augment what we can offer in the middle of the city is our exciting challenge that lies ahead. Mm. And so how do you see yourself as part of bringing that together? What's the role that you play and, and how do you do that? What's your strategy there? I'm never sure which of the chess pieces I am. I'm certainly not a king and I'd like to think I'm not a queen. But I, I had a small group of fellow businessmen and artists in Oxford where I've lived previously called the Mischievers, and they appointed me as their D'Artagnan, the sort of guy that prodded everyone in the right direction and got them in the right direction. So whilst there isn't a chess piece that does that, my role is often to chivy a bit more energy into an environment and just start getting things done. Mm, so a, a doing approach is how you're going about it. Okay, so and I mentioned this before, this is a new addition into the questions we're asking with Be The Drop. I'm really interested in finding out about duration of time to build community and, and, and the investment of time that's required, you know, and sorry to use the chess analogy again, you know, is this a, is this a long game approach? How do you play that building community? It's a very interesting question for the situation I'm in because Renew Adelaide is a structure that is absolutely brilliant. It puts crazy businessmen like me into a premises that other people wouldn't touch, but it puts them in on a short time frame. There isn't anything to end that time frame other than me saying, okay, the business concept hasn't worked, I've got to get out and try something else. So it's a strange way of answering it, but saying that the Renew Adelaide template suggests we're here for a year, but we're not. I'm here for a very long game, and I think building the community is a very long game. Whilst social media and Facebook accounts can build and can grow some accumulation. The last four months we've, I think we've accumulated about 3,000 likes on Facebook and the same sort of number of Instagram and uh, Twitter followers. But very, it's very slow to take effect, it really is. And Adelaide's a city which over the winter months likes to hibernate away. So trying to do anything over a winter month is pretty much a hiding to nothing even, even in these modern days. So, yeah, we're hoping to see that something forms together in community terms this summer. But for the last four months, I would feel a lot of people's frustration in knowing that you shout and shout and shout and very few people seem to listen. So, yeah, it is a game which needs patience, persistence and dogged enthusiasm. <laughs> enthusiasm, energy, I feel that's a theme for you. Yeah, it really is. Great. So, and, and obviously passion about what you're doing. Yeah. Now we've talked, so this sort of leads into that next question, which is around motivating your community to take action. So, you know, if you, you take that time, you build the community, you're reaching out to those around you, 
what is it that you can then do to motivate them to take action? And I suppose in this case it's come in, you know, into this midtown and get involved. What are you really looking at as key motivators? So uh, I always talk about a watermelon syndrome with the modern society. We're all very green and we're very sustainable. We're very ethical. We'd like to support local small businesses on the outside, but at the beating heart, we're capitalist red. And it means that if there's an option of going to a restaurant or an area of town that's easy, that we know what we're going to get, you'll most commonly do that rather than go somewhere brave for a new experience. Because new experiences often lead to you being let down or just to you not knowing what you're going to get. So trying to make sure that there's familiarity, that people will come out and know what they're going to get, and then making sure that the constituent parts of Midtown deliver on actually providing that quality experience. And we're lucky, we do have people that are absolutely brilliant in doing that, Um, but just then making sure that it's consistent and that the public know it's consistent. And I think only after you've got that will it become a destination area. Yeah. And so how important then would you say that really delivering on what you say, like if you set up and say this is what you're going to deliver, how important do you think that is to then deliver on though on that? I'd say it's absolutely paramount. And it's not even paramount to deliver, it's paramount to over-deliver. So, so people will walk away being surprised about the high quality of what they got rather than walk away knowing that, yes, they got what they were expecting. Mm. Okay. So... You know, if we're talking about that and, and people are getting what they expected, what happens if they don't? Like if, you know, within the community, negativity, mm. sometimes, you know, stuff happens that goes wrong. We're all human. Yeah. Um, what do you, what's your advice to people when things go wrong? How do you handle negativity? Social media is an absolute demon. It's both our biggest assistance. And I think in opening this restaurant, we've spent very little money, very little money, maybe less than $500 on promotion and marketing and publicity. It's all about constant working of social media. But then if you adopt social media as your very dear friend, when she bites you back, you've got to be adept at controlling that. So most of the time, certainly in the restaurant, we try and control feedback that's negative here. If people come back with positive feedback, you say, please post it somewhere visibly and then make sure that you impress upon them on the reviewer that building a business, building an area of the city is a very difficult, slow thing to do without any bricks falling out of place. Um, So yeah, constant maintenance. My friends and colleagues here are always frustrated that they always see me with a phone in my hand, but you're monitoring five or six different social media streams and answering emails and just making sure that you're, from the very first interaction with the brand, that people are getting a positive experience of what they're engaging with Mm. and I think that was interesting you said you know it's impossible to have it without a brick out of place so I suppose what you're saying there is an acceptance that negativity will happen yeah absolutely and especially when you're doing something unique for the restaurant we had a review a couple of weeks ago that was nationwide and the review was nice but the very last line said where would you go if you enjoy this And the reviewer said, it's unique. There's nowhere else you can go to experience what they're doing. And whilst that's fun for 80% of your dining demographic, 20% will always be intimidated by it because it's not a schnitty and chips and something easy to digest, although it's easy to digest. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a bit of a catch-22 then. It is, yeah. You've got to be brave, but being brave intimidates, will always intimidate a certain sector of society. Okay, 
So we, you touched a little bit on being on, on multiple um, platforms and, you know, being across them and requiring you to be on your phone mm. a significant amount. Is there one platform or another that's working better than others? You know, what's your sort of approach there? When I first opened restaurants 12 years ago, Twitter was, or Twitter came about seven and a half years ago, I suppose, eight years ago. But when Twitter first came out, it was the social media stream that I most commonly opted for, which is a very good way of communicating with as many people as you could and getting feedback and knowing how that engagement was being being waged. Now I've seen Twitter in my circumstance, certainly Twitter fall almost by the wayside and Instagram, that adage of picture painting a thousand words, uh, is so effective, particularly in my, my scenario where we're offering very different style of food and we need to be able to show people what that is to engage them and make them excited about wanting to come in here. So it's very much the visual medium. It is. Yeah, Have you absolutely. seen then, so with Instagram stories, Snapchats, you know, sort of um, answer back, is that working for you or is it really more this the photo, the static photo? It isn't yet. The photos I think are still where it's at. For me, watching people uh, business people engaging in the stories, I find them like watching Bambi learning to walk. They just seem like we don't yet have a full skill set. And I think my my biggest sort of uh, watchword for social media is if you don't know what you're doing, don't go near it until you do, because you can do so much damage to a brand by just getting your communication wrong. So with stories, I'm sure it'll be a good mode of communication, but for the moment I haven't yet worked out a way of showing what we do into an eloquent version of the stories. Mm, that's fabulous. And I think that's such good advice. You know, if you don't really know what you're doing, you're better off to leave it alone. Yeah. Take the time to practice somewhere else first yeah. before introducing it to your brand. And yet an extension to that, there are people that pay people obviously to do their social media. And I think if that's not done well, that's an even worse way to kill your brand. You know, for people that say we're only sending out social media messages on a program basis every day and a half or so. I think it's about your business. It's about your story, whether you're using a story or static image. So you should be the one that learns about it and is, is the voice behind the narrative of what your business is doing, um, which I find a very important part of running a business. Take control. Well, yeah. and the voice behind the narrative. Wow, my business is narrative marketing, so yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's music to my ears. Yeah. Okay, I couldn't agree more. So in conclusion, though, they're all my questions. I hope it hasn't been too stressful for That's you there. That's great. No, good. Uh, what I'd like to finish, though, is your Max's Be The Drop tip, and mm. that is basically your top communication tip. I suppose it's a bit obvious but for me, at every turn, it's be honest and be intelligent. So if you approach any situation having thought more about how it's going to pan out, the chest syndrome than your customer has, and then if you do get to a situation that's slightly negative, making sure you face it honestly. So if food's taking a long time to come out from the kitchen, or if a dish isn't right, somebody's got something wrong on their bill, if you face it honestly, you can never really get yourself in too many scrapes. And customers will always appreciate it. Brilliant. So be honest and intelligent. Yeah. Two cool things. I think that's really going to help in life and in all areas of communication. Brilliant. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Max. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Be The Drop Podcast. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. 
leave us a review or share with someone who's looking to improve their communication. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram at B underscore the underscore drop or visit our website narrativemarketing.com.au and click on the podcast tab. If you or somebody you know embodies Be The Drop, email us via podcast at narrativemarketing.com.au. New episodes are released each Monday, so make sure you don't miss out by checking in every week.